This is the University Seventh-day Adventist Church in the sunny Orlando, Florida. We are glad that you are listening to our weekly podcast. Our prayer is that you will be blessed and challenged by our message today, and may God lead you in the next step of your growth in Him. Here is our future sermon. So you know how you can get power. It's a blessing to see Shireen here this morning. What a blessing to me. Thank you. Good morning, University. And you know, I know you ladies have had a a lot of Happy Mother's Day, but I want to say Happy Mother's Day to you as well. Happy Mother's Day. You, uh, You deserve all the accolades that you can get, all the awards, because God has put something special in mothers. And so mothers, we know that your, your job is not easy, but there's power when you're on your knees. And I know that being a mother bring you to your knees. But God hears prayers, doesn't he? And that's why we can get through today. It's been a while since I've been at this church, and I, and I miss my visits here. And I can tell how long it's been because everything has changed. You've done a wonderful job. God is blessing over here. You must be having some trouble in this church when when God blesses, the devil is there, you know. But I can tell you, greater is he that is within us, his people, his church, than he that is in the world. Uh, As she said, I'm Josie Oates from the Altamont Springs Church, and I want to thank the women's ministry for inviting me, in particular Marcia. I really, really love Marcia. We go back a while, and I'm honored to be here. Thank you. I am honored to be here. I see my, some of my good friends, Wanda Davis is here. Wanda and I go back years. As a matter of fact, you might say we, we have run in the same circles together. So we go back quite a while. I, I just want to, um, first of all, I want to say that the time is well spent. And it's just amazing. I don't see anybody leaving or looking at their watches. That's amazing. Most churches are out already. You do know that, don't you? But God has a blessing for us today, and we don't want to miss that blessing. I do want to um, say I'm happy that my mother could be with me here today. Ruth Simmons, thank you. Happy Mother's Day. My daughter, who's a mother, is here. Wanda, my granddaughter, Naja, and a young lady who's another, like a daughter of mine, Marilyn. It is so good. This is my, this is my support staff. We need a support staff, you know. So let's pray. Father, I just thank you so much for your goodness and your mercy. I have been blessed in this church already. I feel your Holy Spirit here. Father, continue to shower us with your spirit. I want to bring the message to your people. But what I want to do more than anything, Lord, is I want to lift up Jesus, and I want to glorify you. So have your way in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I love the theme that the ladies have come up with. Fill my cup. Isn't that a wonderful theme? You know, sometimes you get themes and you say, how do you work around that? But God has given you a theme this morning, fill my cup, because it's really a request that we all should be asking the Lord, men and women, boys and girls, fill my cup. When um, I heard this title, the thing that I thought about was a uh, demonstration that I've heard. I'm sure you've heard it too where a person will take a, a glass or a cup and they'll fill it to the midline and they'll say, you know, what's the quantity of water in this glass? 
And what are the answers you usually get? It's half full or half empty. Well, I'm thinking, you know, it's one way to try to determine if you're an optimist and you think everything is possible and positive, or are you a pessimist and you're looking at everything as empty and half empty. But um, when I hear that demonstration, I'm always thinking, Lord, I want to be a realist. Because when I look at that cup, I want to be able to say, it really doesn't matter if I'm an optimist or a pessimist. I want to say, Lord, there's enough water in the cup to fill my thirst, you know? And so it doesn't change the amount of water, no matter how you look at it. It's still the same line, isn't it? And so we can learn a lot of lessons from demonstrations, lots of lessons. Recently, I learned my own lesson. I was visiting a friend. I had seen this friend for a while. And when I came to her house, she was glad to see me, and she offered me uh, some drink, uh, juice and a glass, and we had a good time catching up and talking. And um, it was a good visit. And so after a while, she offered me more drink in my cup. And I said, oh, no, it's, it's fine. I, I have enough. And then as we continued to talk, I looked down, and my cup was empty. Have you ever done that? You picked up your cup to drink, and you already drank that last swallow? So the cup was empty, and I thought, there's a lesson here. I should have taken the time to at least look in the cup, you see? And so it wasn't her fault, because she offered. She couldn't make me take it, but she offered it to me. I refused. And I think life is much like that. Our Heavenly Father loves us. And he has so much to give us. But so often, we refuse what he has. He wants to give us joy and love and peace. But we are so busy, we don't pay attention to what God is saying to us. And we miss the blessing. Many times, we miss the blessing. But the Lord tells us that sometimes he allows our vessels, our cups, to be half empty. I have a little, actually it's a paraphrase of a scripture, and I want to read that to you. It says, And if men come unto me, I will show unto them their weakness. I give unto men weakness that they may be humble. Did you hear what I'm saying? Sometimes God doesn't fill our cups because we think we're too full, and God wants to humble us. He says, for if they humble themselves before me and have faith in me, then I will make their weak things strong. So sometimes God is trying to get our attention so that we can recognize and realize that we're not where we need to be. Our cups are not full. So how do we get more juice in our cup? First of all, we must recognize that we are not full and that we need more juice in our cup. And second of all, we need to accept that we are weak and we need his strength. I love juice, the physical juice, but I love the gospel, the spiritual juice. I love Jesus Christ, and I want to let him fill my cup. What about you? Do you want your cup full today? The Bible says, blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be what? Filled. That's what Jesus said. If you are hungry and thirsty, you will be filled. 
And Jesus did that literally when he had his people in the upper room. Remember the story? The disciples were in the upper room, and they were praying. They were waiting for God. And they waited, and they sought the Lord, and they prayed, and they asked God to come and fill their emptiness. Did Jesus do that? Yes, he did. He came in like a rushing mighty wind, and he filled their cups. That's what I want Jesus to do for me. Fill my cup. A beautiful, beautiful theme today. And this pattern, it goes throughout the Bible. Jesus makes it clear that he will respond to our emptiness. But what we must do, we must rid ourselves of all of the sin, and we must empty ourselves of selfishness and pride and old habits and all the cares of this world, worldly distractions. We must rid ourselves, and we must present ourselves to Jesus as an empty vessel. That's what he wants us to do. Let's face it, sometimes we, we put on a, a good front. Sometimes we present ourselves as if we are full and we don't need anything else. We offer the Lord our fullness instead of making room so that he can come and live in us and fill us with his divine nature. Um, we tend to measure ourselves by what we do or what we have. Don't we usually do that? You know, I, I come to church and I lead out and I do this and I'm in the choir and I'm in charge of this department. And that's how we measure our Christianity. And we must be very careful because the scripture says, his strength is made perfect in our weakness. If we are weak or we are short in some area of our life, it's nothing to be ashamed of because God can fill us up if we present our cups to him. That's what he wants to do. That's what he came to do. There is a remarkable story that I like in, found in 2 Kings verse 4. When you get a chance, read that story. It is a story of a poor, destitute mother, a poor, destitute woman, who cries out to the prophet Elisha. And she says to him, please help me. Come and save me and my children because we are about to be destroyed. Her, her husband had died. She had two sons. And uh, they were about to be sold into slavery. So she called out on the prophet. And he tells her to do a strange thing. He said, go and find all the empty jars that you can and bring them into your room and close the door. And she said, well, what's going to happen? I only have one crude of oil. He said, you do, and God will meet your need. And she did that. And you know what happened? She poured all oil into all those jars, and the oil never ran out. It continued to flow, never ran out, until all the jars were full. That's what God wants to do in our life. If you got an empty cup, God can meet your need. Whatever your need is today, God can meet it. Not only can he meet it, he wants to meet it, and he is able to meet your need. We just got to empty ourselves to let God fill us up. Remember, however, according to the widow's story, we can only be filled to the extent that we are emptied and present ourselves to the Lord. If we are too full, 
He can't fill us up. So I want to um, ask you a question. I want to talk a little bit about this cup. What is this cup, and what do we want our cup filled with? The average person, if you ask them, or if they hear the phrase, fill my cup, you know, they're going to think, you're talking about a literal cup, and someone is going to pour some liquid in there. But we as Christians know that our cup is not a literal cup. So what is our cup that we want full? What is this cup? This cup is us, ourselves. I found a scripture lately that I use in my devotion because I'm trying to memorize scripture and I'll use it in the morning and I have several that I use, but this is one that I like. Found recently, Psalm 143, verse 8, and it says this. Let the morning bring me word of your unfailing love. It says, for I have put my trust in you. So it says, and show me the way I should go, for I lift up my soul to you. So what is this cup that I lift up to Jesus? I lift up my soul, this body, as a clean vessel, as a temple, so that he can fill me up. And I want to do that every morning. I want God to fill me up. You see, if, if I come to Jesus every morning and I ask him to fill me up, he will do that, you know. Sometimes I ask him, Lord, put somebody in my path that I can witness to today. He does that. So I ask him to fill my cup. And you know what happened? Throughout the day as I go through the day, if anybody else offers me anything else, it's just the filling up of a cup that's already full. So then it's overflowing. And when your cup is overflowing, it's a blessing because if someone tries to take something from you, they can't. Because why? Your cup is full and you're bubbling over. And that's what God wants us to do. He doesn't want us to react if someone comes and says something negative to us. He doesn't want us to react negatively. He wants us to be so full that we're saying, thank you, or I'm sorry about that. Our response is different when our cups are full. But when our cups are empty and someone says, uh, don't like those shoes, oh my goodness, it takes away even more. It takes away what God has put in our cup. Don't let them take away your joy. Let your cup run over because God has filled you in the morning. No one can take away your joy unless you allow them to take away your joy. So the other thing I want to say to you, though, is you must be very careful who you ask to fill your cup, and you must be very careful what you allow your cup to be filled up with. It's your cup, beautiful cup. Be careful what goes in your cup. Sometimes we want our cup filled so badly that we brag that it's complete and it's full. And sometimes it's hard for us to humble ourselves because we want to be full. We want to present that full front to the world, and yet we're hurting inside. The cup is empty. You know what I'm talking about. And we have to be very careful about that. Many times we fake it so we can look good. Sometimes people will come up to you and say, well, how are you feeling? And they're sincere about it. And you said, oh, I feel great. I'm blessed. Sometimes we'll say, I'm too blessed to be stressed. And you know, we've been stressing all night long. 
you know, wondering how can I pay those bills that are coming up? You know, do I answer this phone? I know it's the creditor again. You know, is this my child that came from my body? This child is not behaving. Is this the child that I raised? We've stressed all night. You know, my coworker, my boss, my job. But yet we want to put on that great front. I am fine, you know. And I'm asking myself sometimes, what's wrong with saying, my sister, I'm having a little issue here. I need you to pray for me. You know, we don't want to be incomplete. We want to be full. But many of us are hurting, and it's okay because Jesus knows just where we are. He knows that we are hurting. He knows our cup is half full. Many of us have empty cups. But you know something? We are all striving, and we can help one another. If someone asked me how I'm feeling, and I said, my sister, pray for me. I'm, I'm having an issue with my coworker, you know? Is that okay? That's absolutely okay. It may help that person to realize, oh, Josie got problems too. You know, sometimes people need to know that we are vulnerable too, that we have problems. We all have problems, and we are all striving. None of us have made it. None of us have reached the mark yet, and God is trying to help us day by day. Let us get rid of the phoniness. And, and, and don't let us be so miserable. Sometimes we get miserable because we got to have something in our cup. We don't care what it is. That's another danger. Because if you just got to have your cup full, anybody will come by and offer you something. They'll pour something in your cup. It may not be what you want, but it's what you are out there asking for because you got to be full. Sometimes there are people who are impatient. And then there are other people who... Um, they, they got to be in control. And so they'll do anything to be in control. You can be in a meeting, and you know what they'll do? Oh, if I can't be the head of this meeting, and if I can't get my way, then I, I'm not coming back. You've seen people like that. There are people who will leave the church because the church isn't going their way. They'll leave the church. But God help us. It's like a child who got playing in the, in the, in the sand with the children. If I can't have my way, if I can't go first, I'm going to take my marbles and go home. Where are you going? You left your friends. You got the marbles, and that's all you got. So we have to be careful what goes into our cup. We have to be careful about pride and selfishness because the devil will use those things. And sometimes we put on this front, we got to say, I got it all. I'm better than the Joneses. I got the big car. I got the big house. Those aren't the things God wants to fill your house with. He doesn't want to fill your cup with those things. God says to us that we don't even know what we need. And he, he tries to show us that. There's a story, and I love this story. I preach on this story from every angle. But you know the story in John 4 of the woman at the well, the Samaritan woman? This woman, <clears throat> excuse me. She was at the well. It was a hot day, and Jesus came to the well. He didn't have a bucket. He didn't have a rope. He didn't have any way to draw water. And so he asked this lady for a drink of water to quench his thirst. And so in the course of their conversation, the woman, uh, Jesus says to the woman, he says, and this is found in John 4, verse 10. The story is a beautiful story. But he says to her, if you knew the gift of God, and who it is who says to you, give me a drink, you will have asked him, and he would give you living water. 
Jesus was ready to fill her cup and give her what she needed. This was a sinful lady, and Jesus wanted to give her living water, running water. Then he says to her in verse 14, Whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst. But the water that I shall give him shall become in him a well of water springing up into eternal life. He's offering to fill her cup. What was she asking him for? The woman was saying, this is what she said in verse 14. Sir, give me this water that I may drink and not thirst, neither come near here to draw. So this woman was saying to Jesus, fill my cup, Lord. Fill it up so I never have to come to this well again. But she thought that she needed physical water. And Jesus wanted to give her spiritual water. He wanted to give her eternal life. He wanted to give her himself. Because you see, Jesus is the source of the spring of living water. He wants to put that spring in us, and he wants it to, to bubble up over us, you know? You heard the children saying, Jesus' love is a bubbling over. That's what he wants in our lives. When this lady talked to Jesus, and he offered her this spring of water, she put down that earthly vessel that she was carrying, the earth, earthly vessel, and you know what she did? She took her spiritual vessel, and she went running through the streets of Sychar, and she told the people, look, my cup is no longer empty. I met a man who filled my cup, and she became a witness. This was bubbling water, bubbling over. She didn't go sit down and, and run and hide. She went and shared Jesus Christ with everybody. That's what he wants us to do. That's the spring of water that he wants to bubble up in us. And Jesus didn't say that I want to give you a little water here and there that's trickling down. He wants to give us a river gushing out. He wants to give us the fullness to overflowing. And it makes a difference in, in your life when it does. You know, I was talking to a friend of mine recently, too, not long ago, and she was telling me about a pastor that she had long ago when she lived in New York somewhere, wherever she lived. But she was sharing that this pastor didn't know, he, he didn't feed her spiritually is kind of how she said it. And so she said, what I would do is, if it wasn't a good sermon, I would get up and I would leave and I would go home and I would listen to the television or spiritual station or I would read a book. And I didn't condemn her because that's how she dealt with it. But I said, oh my goodness, I could never do that. You know, because when I come to church, I'm already full. I'm already full. I've done my Sabbath school lesson. I've done my devotional. I've done Bible studies. I've gone out to visit people and prayed for them. And then just the excitement of the Sabbath fills me up. I can't wait to get to church to see what is God going to say to me today. You know, when I come to church, I'm spilling over. I can't wait to see who I'm going to meet, what visitor needs to be encouraged. So we have to be careful. Don't let your cup get so full that it's stagnant. Let it bubble over, and you'll be a witness for God. That's what he wants you to do. Let me tell you another story. I like this guy, too. There are certain guys I like. I like the Jacob stories. I can preach on J Joseph forever. But then there's David. David tells us in Psalm 
23. You know it all by heart. David said, I am experiencing this overflow. He said, I'm experiencing it because as a sheep, I can declare that the Lord is my shepherd. And I don't want anything. I don't need anything that he takes care of me. My shepherd takes care of me. David says he knows that the overflow that he has comes from a direct result of following the Lord's leadership. He knows who fill his cup. David says he leadeth me in the path of righteousness. David says he maketh me to lie down in green pastures. David says he restores my soul. And then David says, you know, if you are in trouble, you can rest upon the awesome presence and protection of God. He say, yea, though I walk through the valley of death, I will feel no evil. Why? Because God is with me. His presence is with me all the time. That's why David was bubbling over. He said, he anointeth my cup with oil. And he said, my cup runneth over. Not just full to the brim, but David say, my cup runneth over. Why could David say that? Because he knows that if you possess the feeling of the anointing of the Holy Spirit in your life, your cup will run over. Most of us, however, don't have this running over. We might be full. We go to church. We hear a good sermon, and we say, that was all right. That sounds good. But we miss out on this running over, bubbling over experience. But David said, I have more than enough. My cup runneth over. And so David can teach us a lesson here. God is taking care of us. I don't care about all the things that are going on in the world. There are many things going on. You know the things that are going on. If I ask you now, everybody could tell me a great tragedy that's going on in the world. But you know what? In spite of all that, Jesus is with us no matter what's going on, and he will prepare a table before us in the presence of our enemies. Our cup will run over in spite of the poverty in the world, in spite of the problems, in spite of the money run out before the end of the month. Jesus will give us a peace that will help us get through the issues. That's what he wants to do. He said, don't worry. Be encouraged. I got your back. Jesus got our back. So David said, I don't have to worry. I want to ask you a question, my sisters and brothers, this morning. And my question to you, though, is how do we get to to a running over stage in our walk with the Lord from that little trickling, you know, that little drip by, I heard a good sermon today, I did a warm, fuzzy thing today, I got this blessing today. How do we get from the trickle to the running over? I want to share a couple of steps with you that might help you, but remember this. Number one, the first thing we got to do is turn our cups right side up. Have you ever been in a restaurant, one of those luxury restaurants, and you walk in and the cup's turning down on the saucer? You've seen those kind of restaurants. And in order for you to get whatever they're serving, you got to turn your cup up. That's what we have to do. A good waiter or waitress notice that, and they'll come and fill your cup. That's what Jesus wants to do if we would just turn our cups up right side up. But we don't do that. Jesus says to us in John 10.10, he says, I am come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. 
But you know what? Many of us are trying to live the abundant life with our cups upside down. It doesn't work. We have to turn our cups right side up so that Jesus can fill us. So I challenge you today, turn your cup, open up your heart to let Jesus in. Secondly, let go of the junk in your life. Let go of the junk. What does that mean? It means that you got to recognize that in order for Jesus to come in and fill you up, you got to let go of all the worldly things, and you got to make room for him to come in. you got to remove the pride and the selfishness. You know, I, was, I, in, 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 uh, I like tea. So when I'm in a restaurant and I'm drinking tea, sometimes the waitress will come over and say, here, let me pour some more cup. And I'm saying, oh, wait, wait, let me drink this old cup because I don't want the hot cup to make my new cup of tea lukewarm. And so I, I just make sure I drink out all the old and get a fresh new pot. That's what Jesus wants. He wants to fill up our cups with hot, fresh cup. And so he says to us, look, I wish that you were hot or cold. I don't want you to be lukewarm. He said, ick, I will vomit you out. I don't want you lukewarm. I want you hot. I want you on fire for me. He give us a choice of being one or the other, but his choice for us is he want to fill up our cup with a hot, fresh of tea. And so some of us have so much misery in our life, so much junk, so much bitterness, envy, jealousy, evil surmising. Jesus can't come in. We're filled with all these worldly things. May the Lord help us. Right now, I just want you to kind of just think about it in your own life. Are you holding any grudge? Is there anything in your life you know you need to get rid of? A grudge, malice, some jealousy, somebody hurt you or said something to you. Is there anything in your life that you feel you need to get right? Maybe somebody mistreated you and you feel, but I was right and they were wrong. I am saying to you, Jesus says to us, when we come to the altar, bring our offering. We need to put the offering down. We need to go and get it right, get it straight. And then, and whatever it is, whatever it is, it may be something against a family member. It may be something against a member of your church or a co-worker. Jesus said, go get it right, come back, and then offer, give me your offering. That way you can give it to me in spirit and in truth. That's what he wants. And so get rid of the jump. Turn the cup right side up. Get rid of the jump. Make room for the Lord. And lastly, he said, have your cracked cup mended. You know, many of us, cups, our cups can't run over because we're leaking out all the time. Our cups are cracked because of disobedience, cracked because of selfishness. But you know, we can take our cup the potter, and he will mend those cups. Who's the potter? What are we? We are the clay, but Jesus want to make us whole. If you are willing to be made whole, he's willing to make you whole. And I can tell you, he's able to make you whole. So when we turn our cups in the right direction, when we move over and let Jesus into our life, and we get our cracked cups mended, our cups will be full to running over. Running over with what? With the love of Jesus. With his joy. That's what he wants to give us. With hope. 
with that peace that surpasses all understanding. That's what Jesus wants to give us. And so I challenge you today, my sisters and brothers, look at your cup. Look at your life. See where you are. Realize that you're not full. Humble yourself. And God will fill you up. That's what he wants to do. He say, come unto me. He's that fountain that never runs dry. And he will fill your cup. He will mend all the cracks. All we have to do is let Jesus in. If we let Jesus into our life, just invite him in and let him take his rightful place in our life, which is upon the throne of our hearts. If we will move off the driver's seat and let Jesus reign in our life. He will carry us in the right direction. We will never get lost, and he will bless us. That's what he wants to do. But it's very hard to move self off the throne. We have to pray and ask God to do that for us. Do you want to let Jesus into your life today? Do you want your, your cups full today? Not just trickling here and there, a little joy here and now. Are you willing to let Jesus come in? Because if you got Jesus, you got everything you need. You don't have to try so hard. He will take care of it. And sometime he may not do it as soon as we want, but remember, his delays are not denials. He's working on the problem. He's filling your cup. Do you want your cup filled this morning? If you do, I'm going to just ask you to stand, and I think we have some praise singers who's going to help us to ask the Lord to fill our cup with a song that's found in your hymnal. I think it's, is it on the board? It's fill my cup, Lord. Sing it like you really mean it if you want Jesus to come into your life and fill your cup.